Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. If there is such a thing, Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, and Dalton Esquire is with us here in the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson off for the week. Uh, maybe back a day or two. I'm not sure. As long as Kelly's here, that's all that matters. Let the party begin. Yeah, I thought about you last night, Kelly. My wife and I at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Very, very good. Always good. Uh, usually when people say that, they say they had a bout of gas or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, <it> does. <laughs> this segment sponsored coincidentally by uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, no gas intended. Dickie's is located next to the mall in Hattiesburg. Great food. We enjoyed it immensely last night. They'll uh, cater any event for you, large or small. The food is always fresh, Kelly. It's always good. The service is great. It was just a good experience. I actually had some buddies of mine who, you know, we're in the season now. Our guys are starting to plan their fantasy football drafts. Right. You know, fantasy football is just normal here in the South. And some guys were saying that that's what they were going to do. They were going to get Dickies, Dickies to cater their, um, there we go. you know, their fantasy football drafts. So they well, can worry about drafting those teams and not have to worry about the food. That's right. Can't go wrong there. All right. Glenn Natchik is going to be with us a little later in the show. He's a former Golden Eagle golfer who was very successful. Over $2 million in career earnings golf. on the tour. Yeah, and he's still coming on the show. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, Chase Nelson is about to join us. She's a former softball star for the Lady Eagles. Before we get to that, Brian Levin named as a new softball coach about two minutes after we went off the air, <laughs> I think, uh, Friday afternoon from Belmont University. Your thoughts? Belmont in uh, Nashville, uh, which is really, you know, they've made like the NCAA basketball tournament, I think, the last uh, go around, last couple of go arounds. So Belmont's starting to build an athletic name for itself. So he's the new uh, softball coach. Hopefully, uh, Sheila will track him down, and we'd like to get him on the show here in the near future. All right, a young lady that knows a lot about the previous softball coach and softball in general at Southern Miss is Chase Nelson. She's from Paragould High School in Paragould, Arkansas. Chase, did I pronounce that right? You did. <laughs> a lot of people actually don't really do, but you actually did. All right, before we get to softball, I'm reading your bio here. and There's a little article that says Chase's favorites. Favorite foods, favorite movies, favorite pro teams. Do you remember? Do you remember doing that? Oh, gosh. I, don't, I do. I don't even remember what I put on there. Well, your favorite TV show is something that I, I don't know if my partner here, Kelly, knows about, but I want you to tell me what is the TV show Gossip Girl. Hey, you got to watch that. You got to know about Gossip Girl. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a pretty long series. Um, some, I guess, high schoolers that live in New York City. Um, so it's a bunch of drama, you know, the typical girl oh. stuff that we watch. <laughs> so we don't get enough of that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We have to watch it on TV as well. Yeah, I, exactly. I got you. I got you. All right, Chase, you answered that question for me. So what do you say we talk a little bit about softball? So a new coach comes in. You're you're not long out of the gate, obviously. You just finished your career here. Your thoughts 
Before we even mention a new softball coach, your thoughts about Wendy Hogue, who just left us? I think that she put the program, I mean, exactly where it needed to be. You know, whenever she came in, um, the program was, I guess, a little bit in shambles, you know, looking for a new, um, I guess, just a new face, a new culture. And she did exactly that. You know, she brought in the type of people that, you know, you want to be around, the kind of the total package type of person. You know, she um, completely um, cared about you just as much on the field as she did off. And I think that, you know, that's just a truly a testament to how successful that program ended up. I mean, she she set the platform, and, I mean, greatness is, I mean, it can totally be achieved with that team, and mm-hmm. she definitely set that platform. All right. So how did you, from Paragold, Arkansas, which is right outside New York City, <laughs> how, did you, how, did, how did you get to Hattiesburg? From, how did that all uh, transpire, Chase? That's kind of a long story, um, short version. So my freshman year of high school, I committed to University of Arkansas. Um, the coaching staff got fired, or let go, however you want to phrase that, my senior year. So ended up going to University of Missouri. Um, that was not exactly, you know, what I had pictured. Um, wasn't the type of culture that I wanted to be be around. Um, so the coach, or an assistant coach that was at Arkansas, um, Coach Adkins, he was at Southern Miss. So I stayed in contact kind of the whole time. We were uh, pretty good family friends. Um, so that's how I ended up there. And then met Coach Hogue on my visit. Um, I actually visited Southern Miss before I committed to Missouri, but, you know, wanted to live out my dream of SEC Division One. So did that. But that's how I ended up at Southern. You know, I fell in love with the program and just, you know, everything that she was about. Now, SEC Division One, that doesn't include Missouri, though, does it? I mean, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Be nice. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, we, we, we love the SEC here on this program, Chase. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the biggest adjustment, though, that you had to make, even if it was coming from Columbia, Missouri, to Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Do you remember some of the adjustments you had to make personally, um, uh, athletically? Well, yeah, I mean, just the school in general. You know, Missouri is a huge school, and then coming back to Southern Miss, you know, it was almost felt like a high school feeling again. It's just, I knew everybody, everybody knew everything about me. It was just kind of a family type culture. I mean, I think that was definitely different, but it was something that I needed at the time. Um, But, you know, honestly, there's not just a huge difference other than money with SEC schools and softball. You know, we can compete with any of those SEC schools. I just, it's just a name. It's a different type of conference. Now, and without without prying too much, you talked about the, the culture at Missouri is not really what you wanted. Is what you were talking about that what you said before kind of more of a family environment where everybody knew each other? Was Missouri just too big? Um, it wasn't. I don't know about too big. You know, I definitely the softball team itself was you know very close knit. Um, we leaned on each other. You know, during those pretty tough times. Um, not to get you know, too 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 far into it, but you know the coach just he wasn't um, as concerned with you as a person. It was more about your performance, you know, on the field. And there's just more to softball than that. Well, that's I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, that that is a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people seem to forget. Would you agree, Bob? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And Chase, that's important to a. I guess to a lot of young people like you were at the time and are now, of course, but uh, you're leaving home, you're away from everybody that's, uh, you know, meaningful to you in your life. Having a kind of a family atmosphere and a a close-knit 
type of environment to live in, I would think is somewhat reassuring. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for me, you know, being an only child, um, you know, I was very close to my parents and then I went, you know, five hours from home and that was just a huge adjustment in itself. So I just think having that type of culture, you know, it's kind of like your home away from home. That's what I call Southern Miss now. And it was, I mean, everything that and more. Now, Chase, the state of Mississippi is phasing out at the high school level slow pitch softball. In Arkansas, did you play slow pitch and fast pitch? Tell us a little bit about that. I did not, actually. We don't even have slow pitch here. You know, I always wish. I played with a team out of Oklahoma, I guess, my senior year of high school. And, you know, they would always play and they would always talk about it. And I was always so jealous because that's not a thing here. I did play fast pitch, you know, that's um, No, slow pitch is not a thing in Arkansas. Yeah, and it's fun. It's a fun game, you know, and I knew a lot of young girls that really uh, enjoyed playing slow pitch softball a lot. Now, I, I, I lived in Greenville for a long time, Greenville, Mississippi, so Paragould, Arkansas just sounds familiar to me, Chase. Where was that in relationship to Mississippi? So we are about, well, it's five hours from there, so we're the northeast corner of Arkansas. Um, we're about an hour from Memphis. Um, we call it the Boot Hill, kind of a, of Missouri. We're just right up in the corner, um, just northeast Arkansas. Not many people have heard of it. A lot of people are familiar with Jonesboro, which is where Arkansas State University is. So you're, you're, you're not, near the Ozarks, right? No, Ozarks are the other side. Yeah, Ozarks are the other okay. side. That's All northwest. Right. So you're more you're more yeah. near uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Yeah, we're I don't even know, probably 20 minutes from Missouri State Line. Yeah. All right, are you back there now? I am. Yeah, I've been there since, you know, I graduated. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Southern Miss, though, uh, and Hattiesburg, always now going to be a part of your life. Oh, always. You know, I'll be back. You know, I won't be on the field anymore, but I'll definitely be out there um, on that deck, you know, cheering my girls on. I still have, you know, that team is, that's family. I mean, it's just, it's it's a pretty special team. It was a pretty special bond, and you know I'm excited to see what the future holds for all of them. What, what sort of things did you learn playing softball at Southern Miss Chase that you will k- take with you now for the rest of your life? Oh gosh, there's so many things. I mean, there's so many you know unattainable characteristics and qualities that you know you develop while you're playing softball. Whether that be um, you know just a competitive edge or you know resilience how to deal with failing but you know a lot of people don't get to take in or participate in you know on a daily basis all right, Chase. Unfortunately, dear, we're out of time. It was a great conversation. We thank you very much for being on the show. And I'm going to go check out the Gossip Girl here later tonight. <laughs> yeah, you need to. It's a good one. All right. Thanks, Chase. Chase Nelson, everybody. Former softball star for the Lady Eagles. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
And welcome back to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Chase Nelson for joining us in the first segment from Paragould, Arkansas, my friend. I'm telling you, right outside the Big Apple. Yeah, proud of that, and uh, as she should be, and we thank her for her contribution to softball here at Southern Miss and, of course, for being on the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our friends down on Hardy Street have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere in the country. If you're living in other parts of the state, perhaps listening in other parts of the state today, you want some Southern Miss swag, just go to CampusBookmart.net, and they will deliver it to you right to your front door, Kelly. That, which will make you even when, when you get the big sizes like I get, right. that'll make you even bigger, not even going out out of your house. Correct. And there's no extra charge for the ship cost, right? Might be might be a little extra for the shirt itself. A little more material goes into my shirts. Yeah. You know, but. All right. Now, our first guest uh, found her way to Southern Miss from Paragool, Arkansas. And you would think that that's quite a distance until you realize where our next guest came from. And uh, Glenn Natchik was a golfer for Southern Miss and went on to be very successful professionally playing golf. And somehow he came to Southern Miss from Manitoba, Canada. So we're about to find out how that happened. Glenn, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you guys having me. Glenn, I'm not sure that you even know this, Glenn, but my brother played hockey in Flin Flon. Yeah, you know what? I think you had mentioned that before the first time we, we connected. And, boy, that's a small world. Flin Flon is a really small town in northern Manitoba. I think it was at the time, it was the farthest north you could go by car. <laughs> Probably still I'm, I'm sure. Th- I'm, sure <laughs> I'm just going to say maybe things have, uh, have changed since, since then. But as we look back on your, your career, Glenn, on, on a couple of tours back in the late 90s, so your Southern Miss years in, in the mid-90s, but put together uh, – wins on on the different tours amassing over two million dollars in career earnings in golf how in the world does southern miss get a guy from manitoba uh, yeah well you know it's actually it's much simpler than than you would think there was actually a couple guys from winnipeg who at the time i didn't really know uh, they were a couple years older than me and they both were um they were already at southern miss ken Showman and lauren mcwilliams and uh like i said they were already there and and you know, I just put out a bunch of letters to a bunch of colleges and really didn't get much in return. And, and Southern Miss uh, did offer me a little bit, so um, that's basically how it happened. The thing that I can't imagine is you're coming from Manitoba where you, your summer season is generally the 4th of July weekend, right? <laughs> it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, it's, if you were looking at you know the, the prime months, it'd be like June, July, and August. You get, you get three solid months of golf. And then, um, you know, May, April, May is off, um, obviously very iffy because of the snow. And then it starts cooling down September, October. So three, three real good months in there. But the stifling heat and humidity of South Mississippi, from what you recall, how long did it take you to adjust just to the, the climate in South Mississippi? It took, it took me, it took me a while. You know, we don't, we have heat, you know, we have a couple of weeks during the summer in, uh, in Manitoba where it's, where it's hot, but you know, we never had the humidity. And as far as the whole culture shock was concerned, it really the, the weather was the hardest thing to get used to. And I mean, the, the humidity was unbelievable. And it, it, it took a while. And that was, as soon as I got down there in August, it was qualifying time. And I never played golf, let alone, you know, walked around the, the block in, in that kind of heat and humidity. 
And it's, I would think the easy answer here is going to be the weather. But when you look at the success of Canadians on the PGA Tour, I mean, back before you, we were born, George Knutson had some success. He was a, a Canadian. Uh, Dan Halderson actually won the Deposit Guarantee Golf Classic uh, here in, I think, 1987. He was Canadian. Yep. But by and large, Canadians have not had a, a great deal of success on the U.S. Tour. Could that be blamed basically on weather? Well, yeah, I mean, you'd have to look at it and say it's not really conducive, um, you know, to golf. And obviously, you know, when we're, when we're born, it's you know, hockey's kind of right. pounded into your brain. So, right. it's, you know, I think most, most guys, most kids strive to be professional hockey players before anything. But I think that's changing a lot. Um, I think kids are now, um, you know, junior players are now making their way into the States and and, uh, and and trying to play golf on uh, golf scholarships, I think that's been going on for a while. Kind of for me, it seemed like the very tip of that iceberg was right around when uh, before I you know started coming down. And and I can only speak kind of to, to the way it was in Manitoba. And there was only a couple guys who, who came to the states to play on a golf scholarship. And then since then, it's gotten more and more. And then obviously uh, nationwide, it's it's become much more popular. So how did you overcome that hurdle? Of, of the weather and decide that you're going to stick with golf even though maybe your buddies were going the hockey route? Well, as, as we spoke earlier, I, you know, golf was a summer sport, and I kind of played all sports. You know, hockey was, was the major sport, and, and I was a decent hockey player, but it wasn't going to get me anywhere. I wasn't, you know, going to go any further than, than junior hockey when I was 16, 17. So uh, at the time, you know, when I was 15, 16, I started to improve a little bit playing golf and, and did a, you know, a little bit on the national level, not a whole lot. But um, my improvement really came kind of through, uh, you know, when I was at Southern Miss and after I got out from Southern Miss is when I actually became, um, you know, a better player. Glenn Natchik is with us on the Eagle Hour. Glenn was a Golden Eagle in the mid-90s, played golf here and then on, on the different tours uh, nationwide and then the, uh, the PGA Tour amassing over $2 million worth of career earnings, of which, Glenn, between the U.S. and Canada, how much of the $2 million did you get to keep? How much was taxed? <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Well, you know what? It was mostly in the U.S., so that, that's okay. Um, yeah, and it obviously depends. It goes state by state. But I played so many different tours before, you know, I got out to, to on the regular tour. A lot of small mini tours around Mobile, Alabama, which is where I uh, lived and, and I turned pro, and that's where my instructor's from. That's where uh, my wife and I got married. So um, played a few small mini tours there, and then at the time it was the Hogan Tour, Nike Tour, and then after that I finally got onto the, the regular tour. How did the perspective of the game of golf change when you went from playing at the collegiate level to trying to do it for a living? Well, it, you know what? it was. I thought it was because it took me a while uh, it, it, I thought it was the most hardest thing to get out there and then once I got out there it, it's even harder staying out there the, the competition level uh, was unbelievable and it's, it's only gotten better I mean these kids coming out of college now are, are ready to win you know and I think that the biggest step was when Tiger first came out because he came out uh, I think about a year and a half before two years before I did and you know he had that attitude obviously where he was going to be the best, and and now you get college kids all the time coming out with that attitude. So the, uh, the the playing level is is really really high. 
the the the, 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 gol- the younger golfers now seem to and one of the criticisms there aren't many of the PGA Tour but one of them is that the youngsters coming up tend tend to be more machine like they're not very emotional you know uh, compared to the old days of the Chichi Rodriguez and the Lee Trevinos and the people who played with emotion and they're you know you, you knew exactly how they were feeling is that a fair criticism Glenn I I I, I think it is and I think. Some of that contributes to, you know, these kids are now coming out of college with an entourage in which they've had since they were probably 15 or 16. And, you know, a sports psychologist has a lot to do with that. And you're kind of taught to, um, uh, from a uh, sports psychologist standpoint, to kind of stay on an even keel and that kind of thing. And, you know, the emotion's still there. You know, they just, you don't see it nearly as much. And personalities aren't as flamboyant, obviously, as they were um back in the day but um you know the fire's still there you just don't see it as much it's, it's kind of refreshing when you do hey glenn you also played in the uh, canadian tour players cup and uh played in the world cup representing canada in 2000 I, i'm gonna guess that was really a highlight that had to be something you were very proud of it, it really was and you know mike mike weir at the time was just rounding into his um game i think he had just won one of the um uh, World Golf Championships. I think he won the one in Spain, and that was only about a month or two before we were uh, getting ready to go as teammates to go play in the World Cup. So, without a doubt, that was one of one of the biggest highlights of my career. And he, Mike, we won the Masters at one point, didn't he? he? Yes, he did. Yeah, it was after I think oh oh three ish. I think right around there is when he won the Masters. So, um, you know, the biggest accomplishment by a Canadian by far. And we also read that now you're teaching school. Did we read that correctly? <laughs> you read it correctly. I am a, uh, a junior high, middle school uh, phys ed teacher, and I, you know, I after I, I when I lost my card in oh oh six and was trying to get back out there through qualifying school and and missed it the second stage. I think it was in oh eight. And I was just volunteering at a at a middle school, and I had some some people from the school district who were following around their kids, and they offered me uh, said there's a job opening for a PE teacher, would you like? And I said yeah. Well, I went interviewed and got it, and I figured I'll do it for a year or so, and 11 years later, I'm still doing it. So clearly, you like it. Yes, yes, and I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. Uh, at first, it was it was just kind of a so-so. I'll just do it until I can you know, try to figure out a way to keep on playing, but that never came, and I've, I've grown to really like it, yes. So in, in your skill set, Glenn, when you did lose your card, it's never pleasant to talk about, you know, when you don't do something, but what, what was it about your skill set? Well, I'll tell you what, we're going, to, we're going into commercial break. I know you're in the car traveling. If you don't mind, yep. hang with us. We're going to take about a three-minute commercial break, then we'll come back. want to talk about your skill set toward the end of your career, and then get your reaction to um, Gary Woodland's victory at, uh, at Pebble Beach uh, yesterday. Would that be okay? Absolutely. All right, great. Glenn Natchik is with us, former Golden Eagle golfing great. Over $2 million of career earnings on the professional golf tours, mostly across America. The Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and yours truly, Kelly Santer, continues in just a moment.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And welcome back to the show, everybody. We're glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Now, listen, if you're up in the Delta, over Macomb, other parts of the state, tuned in this afternoon and you come to town, we suggest you... Uh, Make sure you have lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill, obviously located on 4th Street, right uh, near the USM campus. Great lunches, uh, five days a week. And how much are they, Kelly? Eight ninety-five. That includes drink. And they're good, aren't they? Indeed they are. Every day, of course, it's a different featured item. Correct. Uh, great folks down there, too. Really friendly service. Great Southern Miss memorabilia all through the building. Uh, it's just a fun place to go and a good place uh, to enjoy a really good meal. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. We're talking to Glenn Natchik, who is a former professional golfer on the PGA Tour, former Southern Miss Golden Eagle. Uh, Glenn, I-, I remember years back when we had the Magnolia Classic here, and it was the opposite weekend of the uh, Masters. And I would go out there as a TV reporter at the time and spend a lot of time watching those guys play golf. And I would ask myself, how are these guys not playing at the Masters? I mean, these guys are phenomenal golfers. Try to put in perspective just how good the professional golf circuit really is. Well, it is. And at that time, um, as uh, as college players, we would caddy during the Magnolia Classic as a positive guarantee. And that weekend, uh, in particular when Halderson won, was the same weekend that Nicholas won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit of his glory was kind of taken from him. But um, to your question, you know, catting and watching these guys play and thinking, you know what, this is not even the top level was really something that made you, you know, think how hard you had to work just to have a chance because the guys that we caddied for were really, really, really good players. And, you know, Azinger, you'd see Azinger, uh, Payne mm-hmm. Stewart, you'd see um, – uh, every once in a while playing. So Nick Faldo. Yeah, kind of, Nick Faldo. Uh, Faldo, exactly. Yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, you know, you have all kinds of major winners who are playing that, you know, so-called second-tier tournament, which, you know, it, I guess it kind of was, but it really wasn't because the level of play there was, was very good. Th- those guys that were playing in that tournament, the, the Magnolia Classic, could go to – Country Club X anywhere in the country and beat the guys playing at the Country Club. How badly, Glenn? Uh, very badly. <laughs> they, 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 here's the thing, and you you don't. I'll put it this way: it, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what golf course they go to. Guys, when you have the best players in the world, they're going to shoot 65 every just honest just every time they play. I mean, that's how good they are. They're going to shoot mid sixties without trying on a on a normal golf course. The, the year that you're talking about that Halderson won, and I think it was eighty seven, and the reason oh, was it I, I okay. think so, I think so, and the only reason I remember that is because I actually played. Dan Halderson was my partner in the pro am. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and he shot like seventy five, and I remember telling the guys, and I said, I don't know who <laughs> this guy ain't going to win squat this weekend, right? Uh, and he winds up winning the tournament. You know, yeah, it, it was amazing. But um, at the at the end of your career, Glenn, of course, you had some decisions to make. You know, the 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 grind of the of the Q school back then, and all these sorts of things. What part of your game went away that that you just said? I'm, I just don't think I'm, it's ever going to come back to the point where I can be out here and be competitive and take us through the thought process of letting go of the idea well, of playing pro golf when that's what you grew up wanting to do. 
Yeah, and it, you know that that part of it was very very difficult, but it, it's a reality that that it came sooner than I wanted. But you know, one day you're going to have to you're going to have to do it anyway. But uh, you know, I would say the the, the, the physical aspect, the, the ball striking, was probably one of the things that kind of deteriorated a little bit or first because. First of all, it was always a strength of my game. Through the seven or so years that I was out there, um, pretty much year in, year out, I was top 10, top 15. And, well, in driving accuracy, definitely, I was usually always top 10. And then top 10, top 15 in greens regulation. So I wasn't always, I wasn't a horrible putter, but it wasn't it wasn't a strong part of my game. So when the strongest part of my game kind of started to go, I, it, uh, I was really in trouble and in in 2004, I had elbow surgery. I had um, uh, tennis elbow, I guess what you call it. And so I had elbow surgery and missed most of that year. And then 05 came back out to play and, and just had a rough year. And then 06 was back out on the, on the um, I think it was web.com. It might have been web.com at that time. I'm not sure. You know, made a little bit of money, but not enough to do anything. So uh, I, I would say ball striking, you know, driving it, iron, everything. Um, and I'll tell you, if you can't if you can't drive it, uh, you, you can't. You know, putting obviously very very important. But if you can't drive it, you can't play. Not at that level. By the way, we cheated you out of about half a million dollars in career earnings, two point six million. Uh, so that's, that's okay. I yeah. wasn't going to say. Well, and 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 certainly if the IRS is listening, we're jo- we're just joking. He he didn't really <laughs> make. Right. You know, didn't have to mention that. You know that, right? Hey, th- this this past weekend, Gary Woodland, who's who's from Kansas, you know, a Midwestern guy, wins wins the U.S. Open. But Kepka almost won it again. Guys right. like Kepka and Curtis Strange and Andy North, who really didn't weren't very notable during the quote unquote regular season, right. but, but always in the majors came up big. What is it about guys like? And I think I think Kepka, if he continues to play like he's played, could be one of the best ever, one of the better ones certainly ever. What is it about guys like North and Kepka and Strange? that just can turn it on when it comes major time? Well, I can't, you know what, Andy, no, obviously, great career. I can't really speak on him a whole lot. Uh, Curtis Strange, I uh, was, hey, like, I played with him once or twice. It was kind of towards the end of his career. But you can see in Curtis Strange's game that it is it is built for a U.S. Open the way he hits it. It's straight, you know, but you don't have, you didn't have to be terribly long. Uh, he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Didn't really hit the ball offline that much. Um, so his his game was kind of built on that. Not only that, he's I think he's pretty mentally strong. Like he's a uh, like a like a tough guy uh, to put it nicely. <laughs> um, Brooks Kepka is I mean you, you see everything that he's made of, and he's not scared to talk about it either. And that's kind of um, you know we talked about personalities before. Uh, he's one guy who's not afraid to say what he wants to say. And obviously he backs it up, so it's, it's kind of neat to see that. But here's here's the one thing about players nowadays: it seems like every everybody trains, everybody works out, everybody's in really good shape. Brooks Kepka again has now taken that to kind of another level because he's like a linebacker. He, he's basically built like a linebacker out there, and he can, even though it seems like everybody's pretty strong out there, he just seems stronger. 
Glenn Natchik is with us, a native of Manitoba. He was a Southern Miss Golden Eagle back in the uh, early to mid-90s and then on to the various tours. Again, career earnings of over $2.6 million. I wanted to get your reaction to Gary Woodland's win yesterday. Glenn, this is a guy that has just quietly been going about his job for about the past 10 or 12 years, four or five-time you know, winner on the tour, but comes up big and I, I thought was, was terrific in, in the final round of a major when, when in other tournaments before he'd been the leader after 56 holes and went 0 for 7 uh, and finally, finally came up big. Your reaction to, to his win yesterday? Well, a career changer, life changer, obviously. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain everybody's happy for him. I know he's had some, some tough things happen in his life, so it's, you know, it's, it's great for him. Um, the, you know, even though he, always, he said he's won four times, and, you know, he's, he may not exactly be a household name, but that's kind of what the PJ Tour is, is like now. You've got, you've got those handful of guys and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kapka and, and Ricky Fowler, and obviously with Tiger winning the Masters, that was unbelievable. But you have so many Gary Woodlands out there who are capable of, of winning a major at, you know, any week. And, and that just shows, you know, it's a, a test of how, how, how good these guys are. Now, you're living north of uh, Tampa now, as we mentioned, teaching school. What, what sort of uh, stories will you pass down to your loved ones about your time at Southern Miss, and some of the things you remember most? Well, it was great. Like I said, I was, I was fortunate enough. We, we spoke earlier about how, um, you know, Manitoba weather may not be conducive to golf. And obviously, Southern Miss given me the chance to, um, you know, to play golf there. Again, they offered me a partial scholarship, and I kind of, by the time I got to my junior, senior year, I had worked my way into more scholarship. But having that opportunity to play all year round, um, you know, was a springboard to my career, without a doubt. Uh, Hattiesburg itself, great college town, and, and, you know, it was fun watching football. I was at the, I think at the, I think Brett Favre might be three years old, three, four years older than me. So he was just kind of getting there when I was leaving. So um, it's kind of neat to have a guy like that be able to talk about do, uh, just you know a lot, a lot of really good memories of Southern Miss. Do you get a really nice college town. Do you get to play much golf anymore? I do not. That's funny. I was just waiting for that question. I haven't played. Well, last summer was the last time I played. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I get a, I get a lot of that. Like you know, people can't believe that I that I don't play. But we have we have two daughters. Uh, one just graduated from college. The other one is uh, is a junior in college. And up until that, they both went to school on, on uh, volleyball scholarships. So we were very, my wife and I, very, very involved in, of course, playing that club kind of uh, traveling ball. And, and so it just, you know, once I didn't really have time for it on the weekends and stuff, I didn't miss it. Once I do play, then I miss it. But if I don't, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Well, in the car now, traveling north from his home in Tampa, Glenn Natchik, a native uh, Canadian who uh, graced the golf team at uh, Southern Miss back in the day. Glenn, man, thanks so much for sharing some insight. Really enjoyed it, and we'd love to have you on the show again in the future. Yeah, anytime, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thanks so much. Glenn Natchik has been joining us. Bob Getty, Dalton J. Stanford Esquire, and I will wrap up the Eagle Hour after we burn this time out.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. Bob and Kelly with you this afternoon from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, and we appreciate First Bank for all they do for the Eagle Hour. Of course, I want to thank Gulfport Home Center for sponsoring the fourth segment of the show every day. They've got a great selection of pre-manufactured housing just down the road in Gulfport, of course. Uh, they've got a great website you can go to. You can travel down and take a look at them, and they'll have a home uh, no matter what you're looking for, whether it's your primary home, maybe a second place, a weekend place, a hunting facility. Uh, they can fix you up at Gulfport Home Center. We really appreciate uh, their support. Uh, Glenn Natchik, want to thank him for being on the show. Pretty humble guy for a guy that made $2.6 million playing golf, huh? Well, you know, of course, after Uncle Sam got it, I think he was left with 250 bucks. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and if Bernie's elected, he's coming after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. So, Kelly, last night uh, I'm at home. I'm, uh, well, first of all, I want to say this real quickly. My wife and I go to New Orleans this weekend. Uh, we wanted to go see the World War National World War II Museum. If you haven't been, go. It's a moving experience. It and it it really to me, it, you know, it's a museum about the human side of World War II more than the equipment and the planes and all that. And it put in perspective what we do every day. And I don't know how many hundreds of veterans from World War II that we're losing daily. Yeah, you know, because you're talking about guys in their late 80s, you know, early 90s. My dad was one of them, you know, five or six years ago. And to be able to hear him talk about firsthand, you know, war. Right. You're not going to get that in the textbook. You know, so no, this, no. with these guys dying off, this is all we have are great museum right. tributes like this. Right. And we saw a couple of what I think would have probably were World War II veterans being assisted through in wheelchairs and very mm-hmm. elderly heroes. I mean, that's the only way you can describe them. So I, I strongly recommend that uh, for anybody that uh, is in that area. And let's just hope that there is never again a World War II. Yes, a okay. World War of any kind. So, Kelly, on a brighter note, I'm at home last night, and I sit down, and I'm watching the College World Series, and there's a bumper. For those of you that are not in our business, that's the music they play coming into the show and going out of the show, and kind of a catchy song called Bigger Than Us, and they flash up Adam Doliak, and then when the music is over, there's his picture in a Golden Eagle baseball uniform. Of course, he's a former first baseman for the Golden Eagles. They plugged the fact that he played in the 2009 World Series, plugged the baseball program. And uh, so I talked to his father this morning. We're working to get Adam on the show here in uh, the next few days. And then I, I show you this, man. This young man is uh, up in Nashville. He's, he's got a big hit. He's getting all kinds of positive publicity. We're looking here at his tour dates and He's from everywhere from Arizona to California to South Carolina to North Carolina to Illinois. Adam Doliak making a name for himself. Myrtle Beach, Charlotte, uh, you name it. Dyersburg, the Ozarks, I mean, all, all that. Santa Clarita, California, Scottsdale, Arizona. He's even going to Colorado. Yeah. So the day before he performs, I need to call him. <laughs> Get him to pick you up something. Right I got you. So uh, congratulations to Adam Doliak, who was a great baseball player here, and uh, and obviously doing very good. We're very happy for him. So he's talented. He's a great singer. He's a great songwriter, great musician. And, of course, the fact that he's a pretty good-looking guy doesn't hurt either, does it? He's living a terrible life. Yeah, I, I hate he's, that I'm for sure him. I'm sure he's lonely and just Miserable. unhappy. And, yeah. uh, Miserable. Can't get any women to take a look, second look at him. Miserable, yeah. But, uh, boy, what a great story. And, you know, I guess it goes to show that uh, – if you're willing to work hard enough for something and you're willing to take the risk of failure, then sometimes there's success in that hard. Well, what better sport to teach you failure than well, baseball? 
I guess that yeah, that'd be a great thing to ask him there. That's exactly correct. Did the, the, the failure that you experienced in baseball, even though he was good, you right. know, baseball still percentage you're going to fail more than you than you succeed. Well, the best what seven out of ten times. So so that would probably fit right along with how he has succeeded in the music yeah. business. So we're working on getting him on the show. Hopefully we'll have him here in the, in the next two or three days. Wednesday, I'm really looking forward to this show. Samantha Papp, and we talked a little bit about her uh, last week, but a really outstanding, exceptional young woman that came out of Oak Grove, did very, very well at Southern Miss. You and I talk about this a lot, but uh, isn't that what you want to see? You want to see local kids come here and, and do very well? And a good kid. Yeah. Because lots of times in the news, you hear about all the bad things. You hear right. all the bad things kids are doing, and it almost doesn't behoove kids to behave. It doesn't behoove to behave because... It doesn't behoove to behave. <laughs> yeah, because they, don't, they never get noted for it. Keep that in mind, Dalton. It doesn't behoove to behave. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't see any problem. He has no idea. He has no idea what we've said, Bob. He's over there on his uh, device. Yes, on his device. He's on his device. Finding out where the newest Comic Con is going to be this no, weekend. No. Actually, it's at the end of the month. But still, uh, yeah. but who's keeping track? Right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So we look forward to that. Friday, we're going to be at Solar Solutions in Laurel, where they do window tinting for your home and your car. I uh, actually got a call Friday afternoon from the owner there, and uh, he seems very excited about us being there, so we look forward to that. You no, know, I told you, my neighbors tinted my windows for me in my car. Because you like to ride around in the nude in the yeah, underwear? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I don't want to picture that. They, well, uh, they didn't either, so they paid for the tinting on my car, so I appreciate uh, that. Akeem Davis is also uh, scheduled on the show here very soon, who is, I believe, a new football coach at Southern Miss. Am I correct about that? And we're working on the new softball coach. And yeah, so, uh, so yeah, and we'll talk more about the new softball coach tomorrow, but wanted to uh, make mention of Adam Doliak and the World War II Museum and those things. All right, Kelly's back with me tomorrow. We'll be back at 1 o'clock. I'm going to talk some softball and track. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.